1: Welcome to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. And we have quite a lineup tonight, starting with a woman. I, I hear this name and I keep saying to myself, do I have I met her? Have I met her? Her name is Jasper Lee Pack. I got it right. How are you, Jasper?
2: Yeah, and you did. You did get it right. It's Jasper Lipak. And we have met, but it was. Oh, we yeah. have.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I looked at your picture. I'm like, I know I have been in the company of this woman. So I thank you for clarifying that for me. Um, You have a homecoming show coming up with Molly Dean, and I am mm-hmm. excited about all the things that has been happening in your life. And let's talk about that first of all, um, Jasper. You mm-hmm. are a roots singer, Americana singer. I mean, there have been different words that have been attached to your style of music, but what would you call it?
2: I would call it folk, singer, songwriter, um, Americana, all of those things. Um, yeah, but mostly folk. I think that's where my main my okay, genre folk. lies.
1: And did it yeah. all, was it always folk music that um, touched your heart and you had to, to record that particular music?
2: Yeah. I mean, the singer, songwriter, storytelling, the personal voice, I've always really connected with that, and that's what I write naturally. Um, yeah.
1: I see that um, many people have compared you to Emmaloo Harris, Kate Wolf, and more. Um, some people say that's like chasing a dream, trying to catch up with the, the real famous people like that. But you don't seem to have a problem at all with it. Your music just lands in that, in that center of uh, a voice like Emmaloo Harris and Kate Wolf. That's got to be pretty exciting. And when you're writing songs, do you hear your voice or do you hear someone else's voice like Harry Harris?
2: Oh, um, gosh, that's such a such a sweet thing every time I hear that comparison. Um, I hear my own voice and I I mean, I look up to so many of those great singer-songwriters and yeah, I think um let me pause for a moment here. I mean, I started singing and became a songwriter as a bit of a surprise to myself. So, um that authentic voice that's in me has been my main my main drive. Um, I don't think I've ever tried to sound like anyone else, even though you know it happens. And I look up to people, and I listen to people all the time, and you know that those influences are there, definitely.
1: Well, let's take a listen to uh, a, a song that Jonathan has uh, to play, just a little bit of. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, just hearing this song, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you 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 look at yourself and say, "Hey, I can laugh at me when I need to laugh at me." Did you really get a tattoo?
2: Oh no, and it's so funny because a lot of my songs are very personal, and this song was is not. It's a song <laughs> that I wrote about a photograph, and it was a project I was given, and the story just popped out to me. It was this photograph of a woman in a black and white dress, and. Um, I mean, there's some of me in there, but no, I've thought about it for years, but I have not yet gotten a tattoo.
1: Me either, by the way. I thought about it when I turned 40 but didn't do it. So here you are, your career is still moving up and forward. Um and not everybody can say that because you started writing when?
2: I started writing um back in 2002. And it was, you know, it all happened at the same time, like writing, learning to sing, learning to play guitar. So, um when I wrote my first song, I felt like I'd really found my language and kind of my path in life. And right. so I've just stuck with it because it brings me so much joy. Um, it's a place where I can be really honest. And, it's, you know, music is just this space where I feel so connected to myself and to the world. So yeah. I just keep going. Yeah.
1: You, were in, you lived in Tucson and Durban. I don't even know where Durban is. Uh, Seattle, and yeah. you are currently okay. now in Minneapolis. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in Tucson, and then I moved to the Twin Cities for college and stayed for about 10 years. My parents are both originally from uh, Minnesota, and I have tons of extended family here. Um, And when I started writing, it was in Minneapolis when I lived here. And the community here just supported me so much. I am incredibly grateful to the Twin Cities. Um, And then my husband and I were in Durban, South Africa, for a couple of years. We lived in Seattle for about ten years, and then we finally just moved back to the Twin Cities um, in the well, fall.
1: And we're just welcome, yeah. welcome back. Thanks. Of course, um, many people say you are a prolific writer, and the bottom line is that this is your ninth album, and I think that proves it. And so, I wonder: is it based on poetry? Do you start with the poetry first, and it inspires a song?
2: Uh, kind of. I often start with like a journal entry, or just you know, like writing down what I'm thinking, and. I, I often write to kind of uncover an emotion or a story. Um, And it's usually like a back and forth between the melody and the lyrics. They kind of play tag with each other. I guess that's the best description
1: (laughs) I can come up with. I just love that you've been using your own lyrics. It's not easy for many of us to write um, our own lyrics. You know, you feel a little uh, conscious about it, but it seems to flow from you. So is this the way you process the whole beginning of a new album is with your poetry?
2: Um, I think so. I, I guess I'm a little confused by that question. Um, because I don't, I don't consider myself a poet. Like I don't, I don't write out poems and, you know, full oh, you form. Don't. It's more, no, it's more like, uh, it's really like just journaling down thoughts, kind of singing these ideas to a melody, playing guitar chords, trying to figure out what this is that I'm working on. Um, yeah, either telling a story or really, um, getting at the heart of some emotion that I cannot just explain without writing a song about it, I guess. Um, I do think like emotions take melodies, you know, to, to kind of emerge. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, you you have a, you have a show coming up, the homecoming show with Molly mm -hmm. Dean, as we mentioned earlier, and this is happening on Tuesday, April 19th at 8 PM at the ice house, which (laughs) that's awesome. And, um, The name of the new album, I believe, is Desert uh, Desert Ghosts? Yes. Okay, which haunts me. I, I mean, as soon as I saw that, I'm thinking, boy, I want to sit down. and have coffee with her. Um, oh. So it's really, <laughs> it, it sounds it. like it's a great album. Tell me what you love most about this particular album.
2: I love the stories in the songs. Each song has its own kind of, I don't know, like, a lot of the songs are very set in places. Like there's a song called Santa Fe. That's a, the story of a, like a walk down Canyon road, um, which is this famous street with art galleries. And um, it's, that's where the uh, title of the CD comes from. Or the album comes from Desert Ghosts. I felt like I heard <laughs> ghosts in the desert that day, just like this, because it's this is, uh, such a creative area. And I felt that energy, that creativity in the air. Um the songs on the album span about ten years of writing. So there are some oh, more wow. recent ones. There are ones that I start there's one that I started in when I lived in South Africa um over ten years ago called Fever mm-hmm. Tree that I could just never quite finish, and then I finally did. Um so I love that I created it um in Seattle right before I moved with this wonderful woman, Alicia Healy, um a producer in Seattle, and also just a musician too added their voices and ideas to it. Um, I'm really proud of the collaboration.
1: That's collaboration. awesome. So are there still tickets available? Yes, there are. Okay, so if people want, is there a phone number we can get that people can call? I know it's at the Ice House, which is located on 25th and Nicollet. Um, so mm-hmm. how much is, are the tickets and can, can yeah. we go online and get the tickets?
2: Yes, yeah, so go to icehouseminneapolis.com and you can book your tickets. And it's a really unique venue because the stage is like right in the middle. It's a restaurant, but it's a listening room, too. So it's table seating. So you will buy your tickets and then book your reservation time um, for your table. And it just has this lovely vibe um, of listening and good energy. And I just, yeah, I really like the room there. So, yeah, you can book online. I think that's the easiest rather than calling. It's $12 advance, $15 day of the show.
1: Ninth album. Congratulations. And you're still doing it, Jasper Leapak. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And again, I will mention it's Tuesday, April 19th. 8 p.m. is the show at IceHouseMinneapolis.com is the website. Thank you again. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. We're going to take a break and then come back with my next guest. Um, and I'm very curious about Jesse Norrell as well. So stay tuned.
3: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: Welcome back to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. My second guest for this hour of Center Stage is Jesse Norell. Let's take a listen. Oh, we don't have a, we don't have a song. Are you kidding me? Oh, come on. All right. Jesse, there is no song or bump that, that talks about your music, but I have heard a lot about it. And the album, the new album is called Aorta Boreali. Tell me about Aorta the name Borealis. of
4: this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where did
1: you get um, that from? That's awesome. <laughs>
4: Well, thank you, Geraldine. First of all, it's an honor to talk to you today. Um, Aorta Borealis is the the name. uh, um, Aorta is a reference to the heart. And the album is a lot about my daughter and her heart surgery. My daughter, Alyssa, is six years old. And the first half of this record deals with her first uh, three years of life in which she had two separate heart surgeries and trying to navigate that as her dad Uh, brought me back to writing songs after 15 years away from it. I was waiting for sort of something that um, I felt like I couldn't not do. I couldn't help but write another record when sort of I was looking back at this period of my life. So Aorta is all about that. That's the first half of the record. And then Borealis makes a reference to the Northern Lights. And the Northern Lights is something that you can only see against the backdrop of darkness so when you hear the story of the first half of the record the second half where i'm celebrating my daughter celebrating my son celebrating my wife and my marriage and my family that made it through that difficult time it makes it that much more beautiful and being able to find the beauty even in the dark parts of life that's what it's all about
1: writing this album recording this album how did it change you the stories you just told me had to have impacted you quite quite a bit
4: Yeah, well, um, my daughter was probably the biggest thing that changed me going through this time period, um, figuring out how to be the the best dad I could be. It took 100% of what I had as a dad and as a human being to be able to navigate such, you know, perilous times. And then I have an eight-year-old son named Tyler as well. And when, you know, he was just being a regular kid, um, you know, maybe complaining about that he, I didn't give him the red plate instead of the yellow plate that day. That pushed me to be sort of 110% of what I thought I could be. And I felt like I grew a lot as a person. I felt like I sometimes, you know, trials through fiery, that's that's what makes you grow and makes you a better individual. And I felt like through writing this album, and especially the album release concert that we did last Friday... Right. Um, yeah, that helped me um, share it. This whole experience has helped me share it with other people. And what I've realized is when you share your story, even though it might be a little bit somber or dark, that um, the burdens are lifted because you share it with other people. And that's what I noticed when playing on stage, when people applauded in between songs, it wasn't just, hey, we appreciated that. We want to applaud. It was like, we're rooting for you. You can do this. And it felt like it lifted the whole, the whole burden of the whole thing.
1: That is remarkable. That's what music does. It, 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 um, inserts itself in every uh, moment that we breathe, everything that we think. Um, it's always a song that comes to you when you're in your darkest times and when you're in your best times. So I thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm so glad your daughter is doing well. So glad about that. So tell, so you guys released this on April 8th, right?
4: Yeah, so that's when the album release concert was. The, at the, the Aorta Borealis, the record, hit Spotify and all the other streaming services on March 4th.
1: Okay. So as you are looking at how well this is going for you, what do you think about it all? You've done the release, you've done the album, your daughter's doing great. Um, do yeah. you say to yourself, okay, let's get back in the studio and start recording a whole nother album or do you just sit back and go, let me take all of this in. It's a lot.
4: It It is so much. Uh, you know, like I said, I was away for 15 years. Um, I launched a Kickstarter to see if people wanted to hear this album in March of 2020. And we all know what happened in March of 2020, right? Mm, I was yeah. planning on recording this thing while my kids were at school, and then they didn't go to school for 540-some days after that. Oh and so it just sort of took this weird turn that I wasn't expecting. And on April you know, 9th, after the album release concert, for the first time I was able to go, okay, just exactly what you're asking. What do I want to do? Do I want to jump right back in? Do I want to take a break? Because once the Kickstarter succeeded, you have to do it, right? Or else you have to, I don't know, give people their money back or tell them I'm sorry or whatever. And I wasn't going to do any of that. I was going to do what I promised I would do. And so I've been pushing for two years to get this thing out the door. And now it's, now it's, uh, we did it like it happened. And I'm kind of looking at it like, okay, Being a musician, as you know, is not always the best financial move you could make. There are a lot of other things that you could do with your time that would make you, uh, you know, more money, be better, put you in a better financial position for your family. But it's also super rewarding. So I think the next thing I'm going to do is I've written maybe 30 or 40 songs with my kids. You probably remember the time period because I've heard you talk about your kids a little bit when your kids were little. And when they're really little, it, it can get kind of boring sometimes just to sit there and watch them and, and care for them. And so you just start singing because, you know, it's it fills so the space and fills the time. So and, true. And, yes. and I ended up writing like, uh, you know, 30 or 40 songs with my kids. They're, they're, uh, some of them don't even have like a verse chorus format. It's just like, think of the wheels on the bus go round and round. Go round and
1: voice. round. Don't sing it. Right. Don't you dare. no, no. <laughs> But I understand what you're talking about. We're running out of time. I want to make sure, Jesse, that we talk about your next performance. When is the next one?
4: You know what? Um, Somebody needs to give me a call and let me know when the next one's going to be. I don't have anything lined up at the moment, um, but I'd be excited to play another show with my band.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you tonight, and congratulations, congratulations on your new album. I got to listen to it, and it says make sure you listen to his album. You can go to his website, Jesse dot com, and listen to the album in the in in the order it is because it tells a story. It tells yeah. a story. Do I have that right, sir?
4: That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right. I'm looking forward to your next project. Don't don't fail me. Let me know when it's done. Thanks. Okay.
4: That's so encouraging. Will do, Jalen. Thank you so much.
1: All right. You're welcome. That was Jesse Norrell. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll come back in a moment. Welcome back to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just got to give it to you because there's so much great music and so much great talent in this city of the Twin Cities and the state of Minnesota. So here's the thing. Do you know at all what a casting director does? You know, I had to look it up. I had to figure it out. Because really, it's important. It's amazing. Um, I, I found out that it is about providing all casting support for the children's theater Company, is the, the company we're thinking of, um, artistic teams, including scouting and procuring acting talent of both student and adult actors for all shows, workshops, readings, tours, and theater events. <gasps> we could go on. However, we're also celebrating tonight because there is a new casting director at the Children's Theater Company and her name is Tracy Shannon. She joins us now. Hey Tracy. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I was trying to figure out everything that you have to do in this new position, which I'm pretty sure you're very um you like you know a lot about that position and wow, congratulations. It's a lot. Thank you. It's it is. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I just couldn't be more excited. <laughs> okay, so tell me how you got here. Oh, Right boy. here in this Wait. moment, being the casting how much director. Time how do we
3: have? What do we, how much? Go! Oh, Lord. Well, I was born in North Carolina uh, many, many years ago. But no, um, you know, I studied theater. I went to. Howard University, I, um, I awesome. of course, I can't go more than five minutes without mentioning that, um, and I studied theater there and um, always knew that I wanted to build a life for myself in theater, um, but also knew that that extended beyond performing, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, throughout my career, I've had incredible opportunities to perform, both here in the Twin Cities and Chicago. Um, did a national tour, and then also here and there found opportunities to dive into theater administration and, uh, uh, excuse me, stage management, theater management. Um, and so this casting director position felt like a really a perfect marriage of putting together all of my knowledge from having been a performer for so long, as well as um, my more administrative brain that I've long been sort of strengthening and exercising and um just felt like the perfect meeting place and so I just I couldn't be more excited and to be doing it at the children's theater where I have a long history of um it was actually where I kind of launched my professional acting career right out of college um left and then came back for a while and then left and now I'm back again for another tour of duty so I'm just I'm thrilled
1: it really is quite remarkable. And Peter Brosis, uh, he has such a great eye for uh, any of the positions at a Children's Theater Company. And I have to say to you, um, knowing that this is a woman in this position, Peter, I will take you to lunch, dude, because seriously, no. <laughs> I, I stand taller knowing that a woman is in this position. Um, knowing that, were you nervous initially or did you say, oh, bring it on? Um, you know, I have... I believe
3: that nervousness is a sign that you care, right? Where if you, if you don't feel nervous about an opportunity, then it's probably, it's like, then what are you doing it for? If it doesn't give you that, that little buzz of like, Ooh, I want this to go well. So there's definitely the nervousness, but there's also at this point in my life, I'm just like, bring it on. Let's, let's do this. I had a baby in a pandemic. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> nothing
1: scares me. <laughs> anymore. Superwoman, superwoman. Exactly. I'm, I'm just not afraid anymore. <laughs> so with a position like this, does that mean that you don't have the time to continue being an actor?
3: Um. Well, I I wouldn't say don't have the time, but I honestly, I haven't been on stage in a full length production in five years. And that's been by choice. Um, my life has just sort of turned in a direction where I love performing, I love the process, um, but I don't, you know, when your life just takes a turn and and people say, oh, do you miss it? And it's like, I don't miss it. I have very fond memories of it, but I don't go to a show and say, ah, that should be me. (laughs) I don't have that feeling. It's just, I go, I enjoy, um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just sort of forward. Forward facing now, and to sort of what else is there. And then also recognizing that life takes all kinds of twists and turns, so, you know, who knows? I may go to med school
1: one day, who knows? Well, hey, now, (laughs) go for it. That's (laughs) what I say. I was so excited to also read that this is Children's Theater Company's first full time casting director. Um, So, this is really an important moment. I'm so excited that they put out, you know, a statement about it, more than a statement about it, and that they are truly excited about it. Um, Are you hearing from other, like the girls, the children that are meeting you now, it must be so exciting for them to look at you and say, wow, you know, a woman as a casting director, so bravo to you.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, we've reached a place where we're starting to see more and more representation on stage, which is a beautiful thing. But it then now we're sort of reaching to like, well, what about that representation behind the scenes? What about, um, you know, because like you were saying, the children, it's so important for them to look and see, oh, that's a job. Oh, that's something you can do. Oh, you can make a living doing that. And so until they see it, sometimes it's it can be impossible to dream of something that you've never seen happen. And right, so right. Um, I think Yes, devoting a full time position to casting director, saying it is an important job uh, to support the work of on stage representation of what it is that we're putting in front of people, and that we need a person in this position to help us find the best talent and to, to put that in front of families because children's theater, you know, the audience that they reach is so wide and vast. Um, and so there's that extra extra sense of responsibility where you're not just responsible for putting on great theater, but you're responsible for putting on great theater for young people and for families. So that's an extra special responsibility that the Children's Theater takes so seriously. Um, So I'm just so excited to be a part of that.
1: I'm excited to also say that they take very seriously the goal of being an anti-racist theater that works towards Mm -hmm. justice, equity, diversity and inclusion through ensuring um, 50% casting as BIPOC actors for each season and identifying and eliminating barriers to uh, participation for all actors. That just, I remember, you know, hearing about this and I was just so moved by it. Knowing that is part of your role as well. um, Where do you begin?
3: That's a great question. And fortunately, I don't feel like I'm alone in the work. I think um, children's theater making that statement, it is strong, it's bold, and I can assure you that the work they're doing behind the scenes is work in support of that statement. Um, So they're already doing some incredible work with community engagement, doing some incredible work in education. And so I think what we're trying to do now is explore some partnerships with how do education, community engagement, and casting all kind of work together to create this ecosphere of beautiful, talented young people and adults, but particularly young people. How do we make sure that we're reaching, um, you know, all the different corners of the Twin Cities so that young people are aware of the children's theater, that they feel that the children's theater is accessible to them, not just as an audience member, but should they wish to be on stage or be in a class. You know, I think you have to know that the door is open and then you have to also feel that once you walk through that door, you'll be not just tolerated, but you'll be celebrated. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that that is the work that's happening in the theater. And I'm like, when I, I mean, I could go on. It's just so exciting. It's such an exciting time, especially when you realize, when you know what a different world. I know what a different world I grew up in, mm-hmm. and to see the world that we are trying to create for young people to inherit at this. Point in history. Um, It's just exciting to be a part of that kind of work.
1: Well, congratulations on becoming the new casting director, the first ever for the Children's Theater. Thank and you. I do hope to have you on next year to talk about how great it is or how great it isn't or how well yes. you're doing or the, the things that you did so well and the, the mistakes cause you know, we make mistakes and how yes. you deal yes. with that mistake is everything. So well done. Congratulations to you, Tracy. I will be Thank watching. So I can't wait to have you on next year. Thank you. Oh,
3: it's a date. Thank you.
1: <laughs> All right. Take care.
3: Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Oh, my. That is Tracy Shannon announced just recently that she is the new casting director at the Children's Theatre. Wow. We'll be back. Welcome back to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. First, I got to start out by saying thank you so much for those of you that really came and supported Javita and I at Crooners last night. It was so much fun and really special. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, my final guest tonight is Gretchen Parlato. I hope I said that correctly. She is a 2022 Grammy Award nominee. Amazing. And I'm so so happy to have her join us. Hey, Gretchen. Hi. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm excited to talk to you about the upcoming Jazz Minnesota concert, which is happening on Monday, April 25th, at the Chanhassen D- Dinner Theaters. Tell us about it.
5: Ooh, I'm excited too. Um, I'm going to be doing um, some music that uh, you know. If if you're if people know my my repertoire, they might hear some material that they that um, they know uh, with you know a larger ensemble, there might be some some new um, pieces in there, but um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little a little different than you know duo work or quartet band settings. So this will be a, a bigger um, a group to work with, and I'm very excited.
1: You know, Jazz Minnesota, um, as a professional jazz orchestra, um, they really do great work. And when they have their concerts at Chanhassen, you know, more and more people get involved, more and more people hear about it. Jazz is still... So um, important, not just in the country, not just in communities, but in the state of Minnesota, it is just growing and it has been a staple for a long time. And we've had so many highly accomplished jazz musicians and singers um, that so many people talk about Minnesota now with the jazz. Are you surprised at that?
5: <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I'm not
5: <laughs> so familiar, but, you know, I was um, I was just at the Dakota um uh, just a, c- a couple weeks ago with um, the SF Jazz Collective. Um, and I was there with my own, my own group years back. Um, so, you know, I know a little, a li- I felt a little bit of, of the scene. It was a wonderful audience and a wonderful um, sense of, of, of community and people really um, enjoying the music. So it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a great place.
1: I've heard about you, and I've heard that you have a unique style of phrasing. Tell me about that.
5: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I've always really uh, been intrigued with with um, what we can do rhythmically as, as vocalists. Um, and kind of, I, I suppose part of it comes from um, realizing that my voice wasn't necessarily very loud. You know, it wasn't like I could push my voice and challenge and, and push it as far as volume. I can only get so loud uh, and work with, with my own limitations, but with rhythm and with phrasing, you can kind of stretch out, uh, you know, in, in a different way and get into really some really, um, you know, really cool detail and, and really tell your own story with, with how you phrase, whether it be, um, you know, uh, lyrically, um, 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 in uh, inclined or, you know, or just or or technically kind of rhythmically. So I've always just been, been really intrigued by what I can do with my own voice and how I can incorporate rhythm, you know, and, and phrasing. It becomes a very personal um, statement, you know,
1: that way. You know, every singer I know, including myself, we 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 tend to find a way to make sure that what needs to come out of us comes out of us. Do you have a process for that? How are you inspired initially? And then what is the process of how you get to the song?
5: Mm, You know, I feel like the first thought I'm having is... um, you know, singing the same way that we speak, and you're a great example of that. Your speaking voice is so melodic and so it's so lyrical and so soothing and And I feel like without even hearing you sing right now, I can tell that you are a fantastic singer just because of the way that you use your your voice. And I feel like that would be the goal for all of us as singers is to to have the have our our, our song and our melodies come out the same kind of effortless way that we speak, you know? Um, so I I think I also had really great teachers, you know, that, that, that allowed me to kind of find my own way and blossom. Um, but right. It should feel really natural. I think, you know, it should feel like effortless, you know?
1: Yeah. Thank you for that compliment, but let's talk about how you handle being nominated for a Grammy. I mean, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Best jazz vocal album for real. (laughs) i definitely
5: i i feel that way i it it is kind of it's it's happened twice in my life and and i don't take it for granted it was it's a complete honor and and thrill and i've just been fortunate enough to to be able to go you know to the to the award ceremony and just you know it's fun to get dressed up and see see your friends (laughs) um and uh and and you know it's 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 an honor. It's a complete honor.
1: Well, we are so excited that you're here. You're coming and um, you're returning to the stage after taking a hiatus to become what a parent <laughs> and raise yeah. um, your now eight-year-old son. That's awesome. How is that going for you? And how does the your son um, adjust to your calendar and your work and how you're you know singing all over the place right. and traveling. <laughs>
5: I know, you know, we're, we're learning every, every day, you know, of, of, I say we, because my husband's a, he's a drummer. So he's, you know, um, he's, he has this, we both are balancing, you know, our, our career and, and our, um, and being parents. So, you know, our son is a very unique, uh, experience having both of us have this, um, you know, this lifestyle. So, you know, we, we trade off, we, we balance everything. We do things together. If, if our son can come with us, you know, he tra- he's traveled all over the world, <laughs> you know, and he's he's seen a lot or, or we try to allow him, to, of course, to have a nice settled, um, you know, uh, existence at home too. And, and, and we can kind of take turns being away, but so far we've been able to work it out and it's pretty, it's pretty unique and exciting.
1: Wow, very exciting uh, congratulations on your success um, and tell us when we can hear you here in the great state of Minnesota of course, with the jazz Minnesota. Tell us when where and and how we can get tickets
5: Oh gosh, you know what i might I might not be the I might have to look at it myself to be honest with you um, but um but it's coming up
1: um. You oh, know, April twenty fifth. April twenty fifth. Yes. Yep, Monday, April twenty fifth, and it's happening at Chan Hansen Dinner Theaters. Phew, I did mention that when I first got on this. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> congratulations be, the again. Expert. There you go. <laughs> well, you. I need Thanks to. I need to stop. <laughs> I need to stop by and uh, meet you and say hello. I'm yes. going to do my best to do that. And the concert starts at seven thirty p.m. And there are are there tickets still available? Do you know?
5: I, I don't know, but I'm going to guess that there are. I would, I would hope so and, and guess. I would definitely encourage people to, to look into that. And, and for, I would love to meet you. I'd love, definitely say hello if you're able Same to come.
1: Same thing. Oh, I agree. I want to meet you, Gretchen. Thank you so much for yeah. joining me tonight.
5: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care.
1: All right. You too. Bye-bye. That's Gretchen Bye. Parlino. And do not miss out on this on, on April 25th. We'll be back.